0: This is episode number four with 1984 Olympic gold medal winner and the most recognized male figure skater in the world, Scott Hamilton. Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, fitness trainer and business owner. We all go through life a little bit differently, but we all have one common journey, and that's the journey to become the best version of ourselves. Each day, we try to upgrade ourselves. We want to be better today than we were yesterday. That's why each week we bring you the tools and inspiration to help you become the best version of yourself and find your best you. Thanks for spending some time with me and Scott today. Since day number one, the odds have been stacked against Scott. He had a condition growing up that stunted his growth. He had testicular cancer, three brain tumors. His mom passed away when he was 18, but he never let any of this hold him back. Today, Scott and I discussed how important it is to realize that commitment is everything. It's not just about hard work. It's about commitment. It's about the long haul. It's about staying the course. He talks about how we get so caught up in instant gratification that it affects other areas of our life. If you live here in Nashville, Scott has a huge event coming up. On Sunday, November 18th at 5 p.m. at Bridgestone Arena, Scott will be hosting his show, Scott Hamilton and Friends, along with co-hosts Christy Yamaguchi and Cheryl Crow. They'll have some of the most popular music groups, including Florida Georgia Line, a lot more, and they'll have some of the world's best Olympic skaters. All the proceeds benefits the Scott Hamilton Cares Foundation, which is dedicated to changing the future of cancer by funding advanced, innovative research that treats the cancer while sparing the patient. You can find tickets on ticketmaster.com and at the Bridgestone box office. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment, engage with me, subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, make a review, move this thing up. The more reviews you write, the more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with the legendary Scott Hamilton. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I got the most recognized uh, male figure skater in the world with me today, the legendary uh, Scott Hamilton and I'm pumped to have him here with me today I appreciate you coming wow, in, Scott it's nice, great <laughs> yeah so uh, when I was doing my research for you I was reading um, some articles watching some videos on YouTube and I watched a more recent one on that you were talking about your book Finish first and in your interview they were asking you about kind of what the book is about and you said well you know it's really about how to become your best self and right when I read or right, when I heard that I was like, <laughs> like this is gonna bang, be
1: bang bang yeah okay. exactly yeah. I was
0: like this is gonna be perfect and yeah. that was like a couple days ago and I went out and bought it and I read it in two days Days and I never read a book quicker uh, than well, I did with this one. It's an easy book to read. <laughs>
1: well, It when, is when you're telling somebody to kind of get to work and and to work it out and just, just start banging out because nothing replaces work. Yeah. Nothing. Um, it's like why would I want somebody to read like Atlas Shrugged? You yeah. Know, right. If you want to get going, and so basically it's just an igniter. Mm. You know, let's here it is. Go. Yeah. You know, g- go get get going. Get to work. Get you know find it. Work it out. What's what's your calling? What is your purpose? What is your skill sets? What, right. are your, what do you have to offer? And then just taking it from there. So are you discrediting it, how quick I read it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, just I, no the, the, um, I was doing a Skate to Eliminate Cancer event in uh, Arkansas. And I, we were giving the you know, books out as kind of um, prizes for you know some of the bigger fundraisers. And one of the dads got the book that his daughter had won. And um, in the time, it was about a three-hour show. He goes. I'm almost done. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> That's great. That's hilarious.
1: That's what it is. Yeah. You know, It's just an easy read, and um, you know, it's very specific, and it's and it's just nothing replaces putting the time in. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. Every, everything takes time. Yeah. And it, the more you know, the more you you plan, the more you um, really look at uh, you know all the the factors and all, you know, just do an accounting of skill sets and, um, what brings you pleasure and all those things that sort of make you, you, Mm -hmm. then it turns into, okay, now how do I leverage all of that into creating a life for myself? That Mm -hmm. is basically organically what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. So, I was going to start somewhere a little bit different, but since you brought up the the idea that it takes a lot of time and you kind of talked about that, um, I forget what the name of the chapter was called, but taking a lot of time and a lot of people nowadays... Commit to the long Commit haul. to the long haul. Yeah. You know, it's like people right now in my generation... Want things now, well, and,
1: because everything is now. Everything right. is instant gratification. That you know, this podcast is instantly um, uh, available to anybody that wants to have yep. it. Instant, and then you know, information's instant. Um, interconnectivity is instant, and it's all virtual because nobody really ever just sits and talks to anybody anymore. That's always through a device. Mm. And when I look at um, you know, just the screen addiction and you know my my kids and their friends it's just like what 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 are we setting up what what's the result of all of this Mm. and it's kind of frightening yeah you know because it's way better to sit and just talk to somebody oh yeah and, and learn about them and and in that way grow than it is just to be staring at a device and and you know uh again you know it's I when I start off my finished first speech that I give, it's I, I tell a you know kind of the typical grumpy old man story about you know um, when I was I was growing up I had it tougher than everybody you know <laughs> right. and I, it's not that at all it's basically no I'm not, it's not a grumpy old man thing it's just making observations of how are we going to handle relationships how are we going to handle you know the parentheses which is born on this date and you know left the planet on this date what what's going to be the dash and, and and in the dash it's like huh is it does it all have to be instant gratification right. or is there anything there that becomes life's work right so
0: to, talking to that in our generation how would you talk to somebody like us who wants that destination now wants that end product now and how would you tell us to like enjoy the journey enjoy the the, the process of working hard towards what you want to achieve and what you want to get to. Well,
1: there's so many examples of it. it it's like um, if you want to build a well in Haiti, okay, here's, here's the poorest country in, in the Western hemisphere, mm-hmm. right? It was the poorest country in the world. Um, but here's, here's the deal. You get a group of people together around a place where you can actually build a well, right? Dig a well. Mm-hmm. And you say, I need all of you to come up with some money to buy the well. You don't need for them to do that. But until they take ownership, they're never going to maintain it. Mm -hmm. They're never going to appreciate it. Unless there's some skin in the game, Mm. it's disposable, right? So the idea of instant gratification is, wow, that's really great. It's like, bam, bam, bam. I get to experience a lot of things. It's here. It's now. It's it's there. But it's gone as soon as it arrives. Okay. Right? So in order for anything to truly be worthwhile it's it's almost like you got to you got to put some time into yeah. it and you've got to there's got to be a level of commitment to it there's got to be skin in the game if there isn't any skin in the game then it goes away as quickly as it comes then it's not satisfying at all the harder you work for something the the more time you put into something i don't like the idea of hard work and de- and determination and sacrifice those are all buzzwords that make me kind of run for the hills it's mm-hmm. more about commitment You're committed to doing something and it's repetition. Like you're in fitness. Mm -hmm. Like if you want it, like tomorrow, I want to be a bodybuilder tomorrow. Yeah, It's like, no. No, right. But I mean, that's the same process as anything, Mm -hmm. right? If you're going to build your body, if you're going to build your mind, if you're going to build your skill sets, if you're going to build your reputation, if you're going to build your credibility, if you're going to build anything that allows you to be successful, it's not going to be... Picking up the phone and doing a Google search. Right. Ever. Ever. I mean, so, that's great if you're trying to like, oh, man, I can't think of what What are the seven wonders of the world. I, I can think of four. Right. You know, what are the other three? Oh, pick up your phone. But if it if you're going to manage your whole life that way. Right. It's going to be very unsatisfying. Ultimately, extremely lonely. And then what? Then what do you have to show for it? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Because it, what you get out of it is exactly what you put into it. Yeah. You know and you know the the long play the long uh, the long haul um, the the commitment that's where success comes from That's
0: awesome I think that's super important to be able to I think it's not even necessarily like people have to do anything anyone in my generation has to do anything in particular but it's like a mindset change it's like they just kind of need to hear that over and over again until they can do something that they realize it took. All the long haul and how sad, how satisfying that was in the
1: end. So I think it takes doing it to realizing it to a well, you know, extent. And I always say the pendulum swings both ways, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like we got this. Oh my goodness, that, that wasn't what we thought it was. Let's go back over here and the pendulum swings <laughs> the other way. And, well, that wasn't really right. Again. And that joy is somewhere in the middle, right? But it passes. It passes both ways. You know, it it swings to the left, it swings to the right. And and the joy is somewhere in the middle. That's right. where you live, is somewhere in the middle. And, and, that's a good way to think about it. I've I'm, I'm heard that before. Yeah, but it, it's just, you know, it, everything right now is... is instant information let's get it. Let's get more 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 now 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 and then pretty soon people are going to slam on the brakes and say that really stunk that was the worst thing ever yeah and how first thing first you got to get over your addiction to you know the dopamine that's created when you throw up something on social media and you wait for somebody to like it you know it's mm-hmm. i mean it's whew. and then you go to the next part of it which is what will give me lasting joy yeah and you know for for everyone um it's going to come in a different box. Yeah. No two stories know. are going to be the same. No two stories are going to be. Because, you know, there's been a 100 billion people born to this planet since day one. Yeah. How many are alike? How many right. are the same, I should say? There's a lot of people are alike, but how many are identical? Mm-hmm. No. So we, we've got our, this is our journey. And it's a journey. Journeys don't you know begin and end in in a kilobyte you know it's like it goes experiential it's relationship it's um it's intellectual it's physical it's emotional it's spiritual i mean there's so many facets to living a um quality life that and it's it there's always going to be stumbling blocks there's always going to be um disappointments there's always going to be and and it's almost like there's a generation now and that's kind of what finish first you know my book is all about is it's it's kind of like we're we're missing it Mm -hmm. you know it's it's all about you know we we're not allowed to um we don't you know and a lot of it i call lazy parenting but it's it's like I want you know if I put my child in a sport, I want them to come away with something in the form of a trophy right. or a moment. You know, it's like no, they're coming away with feedback and an experience right. of where am I and how do I fit into all of this.
0: And- well, wow, I think that's I think that's an awesome way to that's awesome way to put it. And I read I read a lot about that in your in your book, but I think. When you just said it like coming in a way with an experience and you don't need something tangible no. to come away with that no. that's just feeding the more like you need something instantly to be able to be satisfied and that's just setting you up for failure kind no, of no because then
1: you expect everything to happen that way right yeah you know and i honestly you know my my whole platform and my life and and the success that i've been able to enjoy you know in those times came out of failure mm-hmm. and if i hadn't Felt that failure. If I hadn't have understood that failure, if I hadn't have processed that failure, I'd never be able mm-hmm. to move forward. I'd never know what success felt like.
0: Yeah. So that's something I wanted. I definitely wanted to talk to you about about failure because you hear that all the time. People are like learn, or, uh, fail quicker, fail harder, that kind of thing. Like learn from your failure. But I think it's a lot. It's very hard for somebody to be like look forward to failure. Like I want to fail. So what I want to ask you is I want to bring up a quote that you had in your book um, that I really liked, and it said the pattern of losing can be broken but not without a serious shift in mentality and focus. Without the right train of thought, you are doomed to be stuck in your losing pattern forever. So what's that mentality shift look like and what's the right way to lose or the right way
1: to fail? Well, I mean, you know, the right way, that you know, when you say the right way to fail, it's like, well, that's in your planning. Well, right. there there's some homework that comes with I guess know. it's the what's the best what how do you respond to failure? Well, that's it. Then? You know, and for me it's like um, you know, you, Answering the first question first, it's how do you break that pattern? It's like I was a habitual loser. I, w- I would do well kind of regionally, like in my own little neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And then the second I kind of stepped out of my little neck of the woods, it would be like, ooh, these guys are really good <laughs> and they're they're really better than me and they're gonna, okay, this one's gonna hurt, you know. And, and I would just, you know, I I'd, I'd I'd stink, you know. I I would have a hard time, you know, uh, delivering the goods. And a lot of it, it was I I just had to take a Take stock of how am I preparing? Mm. What is my role in this? How, you know, am I getting the right information? Oh, and if I am, am I applying that information towards a better result? Hmm. <clears throat> That's where it was. Yeah. I would show up. I You know, I'd, it's okay. I'm supposed to be on the ice from 8 to 8.50 doing compulsory figures. Okay, so I get on the ice at 8.10, 8.12 um you know kind of manned around a little bit maybe kind of draw something with my compass you know my scribe a circle that i need to trace and maybe um you know look around a little bit and and then i you know i go oh, i got freestyle at uh at at 8 50. maybe i better just get off five minutes early and get my freestyle skates on because i like that more yeah so basically in a 50 minute session i might have gotten 20 minutes of actual time in right and there's a reason it's 50 minutes and not 20 minutes. It's because in 50 minutes you can get the work done. In 20 minutes you're not doing anything, right? It's just sort of ceremonial. So I had to kind of look at it as like, okay, I'm not, I'm here, but I'm not here. Okay. I'm here, but I'm not present. Yeah. I'm, I'm spending time on the ice, but I'm not investing in that time or I'm not really getting what I should be getting out of that time. And there's a shift. It's like now I'm going to show up with, an intention to improve my situation Mm -hmm. well that's a whole different mindset yeah is one thing being in there it's like being in a class and you kind of like listen for a little bit and check your watch you know play your phone kind of do some stuff and then by the end of the lesson it's like okay I, I was here yeah I don't know what we talked about today, but I was here, and it's the same thing, you know, with work. You know, a lot of people show up at like eight fifty nine. They grab a cup of coffee, they talk to their coworkers, they answer a few emails. Oh my goodness, it's five o'clock already. Am I (laughs) I any further along? No. No. Well, what if you showed up with okay? Here's my arc. Here's here's kind of what I want. Here's the promotion I want, or here's the. Here's the success here. This is what I want to accomplish in my time here. If I'm going to take a check, I might as well have some value. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's my game plan. Here's here's the, my new paradigm for success. Now, now that time that you're there takes on a little bit more of a intentionality, yeah. right? And so it's it's about that. It's about investing the time properly in order to come to a better result. Mm-hmm. And and that's I wasn't doing that, and I was okay. and and my results.
0: What did in, it take you to realize that you weren't doing that? Coming in last. Okay. You know, losing miserably, mm-hmm. um, being embarrassed. You know, so you lost and you were like, okay, something's not wrong. I'm showing up, but I'm not really showing up as 100% there.
1: Well, it's like, okay, last place. You can, you know, you can cry in your, you know, your soup for a while and then you can go, oh, what was me? I came in last. And then you go right back to what, doing what you're doing before. But then there's this thing like my, the nationals, my first nationals I ever was able to compete in, I, you know, there was 17,000 people in the audience and I wasn't prepared for that. And I, I was so nervous I couldn't feel my. My legs. I fell five times. Came in dead last. That's humiliating. Yeah. So I'm at a party, and I'm 14 years old. I mean, there's no, you know, another kid my age. She was actually a year older. We're we're at this um, celebration party for uh, Gordy McCallum, who was the national champion, the champion men's national champion that yeah. year. And you know, there was a, you know, it's big, you know, spread of food and and drink choices and everything. Then this friend of mine goes, Hey, go grab me a beer. And it's like, Hey, go get me a beer. It's like. What do you mean? Hey, it's right there. Get it yourself. Right. And he said, no, I have something to lose. You don't. Mm. So now I'm having to be faced with a situation where my peers don't value me at all. Yeah. And, and that's the striking thing. It's like, I'm a loser and I'm being looked upon as a loser. Right. And I, I, that didn't, that didn't compute to me. It's mm. like, but I was. I mean, every, everything about my situation was, I'm a loser. I didn't want to label myself, but it's like, that's how other people look at me. So it's like now, now. There's, got, there's something that needs to shift. There's, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to work harder. It didn't, it didn't create a better result, but then I'm going to work harder and then maybe a little bit better. And then it's like, well, I'm going to go all in yeah. just this one year mm-hmm. just to figure out what, what am I missing by all this? And so I went from ninth out of nine to ninth out of 10. The guy that came in 10 shouldn't have been there. Um, <laughs> then all of a sudden, I went 7th out of 9. Like, I beat two guys, right? So now my chest is sticking out. Like, right. wow. There were still six guys in front of me, right? right? And I'm thinking, wow, you know, it's like I'm, I'm really not that good. You know, I'm looking okay. up all these other guys and it's like, they're really, man, there's something different about them. What is it? And then my mom was diagnosed with cancer. She... Um, Told me that basically my family is broke. Um, they, it's skating is can be very expensive depending on you know lessons and all the other stuff that goes with it, travel and and she said we can keep you in skating one more year, make it count. So I, I went back to where I was training. my My coach had retired and I had a new coach that was a little bit more driven, hungry, um, tough. Okay. And I go well, I got one year left. I might as well go all in. So do you think it was the combination of having
0: that coach who was a little bit more tough and having that like sense of urgency of this is the year and I need to make
1: it count? It was almost a sense of surrender. Like it Mm -hmm. it almost, it's almost like you have to go out of your way not to do it right. Like you've got to, you've got to be able to be inviting in all these distractions and all these other things that pull you away from your plan. Mm. And so I just, oh, okay, I'll submit. I submitted. I just say, I'm, I'll be on, I'm on the ice eight o'clock. I get off at 8.50. I change my skates as fast as I can. I get back on the ice for freestyle. I work. I do complete run-throughs from start to finish instead of looking like I'm doing a run-through where I take a 30-second break in the middle and I go back to it rested. I'm not prepared for competition if I train that way. Mm -hmm. So I go, okay, I'll go all-in. So I went all-in. I trained- I, I was a uh, first one on last one off. I did run throughs every day. I started doing other, you know, really trying to push at rotating jumps. And, um, I, you know, I, I worked harder than I've ever worked in my life. Yeah. I just, I wasn't work. It was, I committed a higher level than I've ever committed in my life. Okay. I don't like that hard work thing. It's kind of like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. So, um, I won junior nationals. Yeah. I won. I came in first Right, and it was like, <laughs> wow. So that year that was supposed to be my last year in competition, Turned into I win junior nationals and all of a sudden now someone wants to coach me who has a sponsor in their hip pocket. Right. So now I get a second life in skating only because, because I I committed a level that gave me the opportunity to be successful. Mm-hmm. All right, now what? Right? Yeah. So I go back to my losing ways. I'm eighteen sponsored and I have my own apartment. Yeah. Recipe for disaster, right? Because I wasn't prepared for any of that, and I went back to nationals that year, my first year on the senior level, and I came in ninth, back to ninth place. Oh jeez. And um, so, what, what does that
0: fall like? I mean, that had to just kind of
1: well, got he, at you. Here's the worst thing, all right. So you you got this like back to wearing the L on your forehead, right? And and it, it's hard. The problem. That made that one the worst defeat or the worst failure ever was um, my mother, who was the center of my universe, who sacrificed everything, her own comfort, her own everything. Her, old, She leveraged her entire life to put me into skating, and that was how I responded. And after that competition, she lost her battle to cancer, and she never saw me skate again. Mm. That was it. And she, her whole life all she wanted me to do is be a, a, a skater that would someday go to the Olympics and I was like I'm a I'm, i am I did it again I mean I, I I didn't prepare right I was 18 I was partying I was oh I had all these friends right air quotes friends right mm-hmm. and they were pulling me away from my my plans. so I I went for the morning I lost my mom, you know, again, she was the center of my universe. I just went for a walk and I just decided in that walk that um, I had to honor her. And the only way to honor her was to be, um, to take her with me wherever I went, to be accountable to her and accountable to her sacrifice and accountable to all the, the stuff that she denied herself in order for me to have this opportunity. That was going to drive me. And so I went in that decision. Um, the next year, I was third in the country, 11th in the world. And then two years later, I'm competing at the Olympics mm-hmm. where I come in fifth in yeah. Lake Placid. And then um, a, a couple months after Lake Placid, I you know I get up one morning and I came to the realization that I'm fifth in the world and the top three guys retired. Yeah, I and mean, then number two. Yeah, I'm, I'm second in the world and all I needed to do was wake up. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty good promotion. Yeah. But then I thought, well, what do I have to do in order to be first? And it was, I, I had to be strong where I was weak. And that was compulsory figures. Okay. I just hated them because they are boring. Mm-hmm. I did them. But it wasn't until the possibility of, now I've got a carrot. And yeah. the carrot's gold. It's made, and it's like, whoa, I'm competing against um, a guy that was third in the nation when I was coming in dead last in novice men. Mm-hmm. And why did he? come in third when I was coming in last because he was a brilliant compulsory figure skater. Yeah. And I was like, okay, all right. Crap, now I have to actually no, work no, on it's, this. But it's like, that's be strong where you're weak. Yeah. And I my kids, like tell them all the time, I go, what is the greatest strength? And they always roll their eyes and they go, a lack of weakness. It's like, well, figure out where you're weak. So did you almost
0: see that as, like, as a good thing? Like there's some place that i know that i need to get better and it's so i don't even have to figure it out it's like this is where i need to get better i can just attack that and go after it
1: yeah but it's like how do i get better am i naturally gifted at figures okay uh, not so much am i um is, is there something about it that really appeals to me that makes me want to do them uh not so much yeah. <laughs> you know it's like i didn't like them i yeah. just didn't and then you know i, I started working with my coach on them and he, and And because I was at that level where now I'm competing at the world level and I'm like, you know, I look like I'm on a nice uh, ascendancy to to medal the next Olympics. Instead of having a patch or like a little strip of ice, I had half the ice to work on my figures. Mm. And it became this thing where I now could put myself in kind of that fantasy position of I'm in competition and I would allow myself to compete every day and I could see where I was failing. Yeah. And then pretty soon you start to make it a game. It's like, uh, I was in my, 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 uh, tracings. Cause when you leave a mark on the ice, it's a tracing. And now you're doing compulsory figures on ice without any markings. And you got to do eight foot circles perfectly lined up on an axis mm-hmm. where they're traced within an inch. Okay. Right. Yeah. So now it becomes like this. It's almost like a test of wills. Yeah. Am I going to be able to to do this? How about if I do it with not just um, within an inch? How about I do it within a half an inch? Yeah. How about if I try to get in on the same line? Mm-hmm. How about if I try to you know and all? So of a is sudden, that what fueled
0: you or kind of kept you motivated? Like I can see the result here. I can
1: see the result, and I'm getting a little bit better. But what if I get a little bit better? Yeah. And so it became a game. Yeah. And um, it was so funny. By the time you know that worlds came around, um, I was uh, like. I guess where was I? I guess I was like third or fourth in figures or fifth or something like that. But I had the, um, my freestyle skills were really strong. Mm-hmm. So at Nationals, I came in second in figures mm-hmm. and I, I could easily pull up, you yeah. know. You know, so, it's but well, something I want to stop you real quick because I just had a,
0: a thought when you, you know, we said that being able to see the improvement or being able to see how you're going along through the process kind of motivates you. Because I think success is one of the biggest motivator that we have. And you kind of talked about this in your book with a lot of things in life, try to find a way to make it a game. Mm -hmm. Because if you make it a game, then you can find kind of steps along the journey or like practices along the journey that you can succeed at. And then when you succeed then you get a little bit more motivation. That success fires you up to keep moving a little bit further. And I think a lot of people don't really set that aim or set that game for themselves. And because they don't see any progress on the way because they don't have the rules to it, then
1: they don't see that they're improving and they they don't stay motivated to keep going. And again, it's like... Um... Anything else? It, it's like you know. Can you see grass grow? Right. Well, sometimes you know, doing building the skill sets is like you know, you, grass growing, mm-hmm. or like water freezing or boiling. It's like they always say the watch pot never boils, right? Mm-hmm. You know. And it's if you ever sit there and want to boil water, if you stare at it, it takes forever. Yeah. If you step away for a second, you come back. It's like whoa, it's, yeah. you know, it's everywhere. But <laughs> it, you hysterical. know, it, you know, we we all are, have trained ourselves to kind of feel like it needs to be instant and and there's a lot of it that you just have to know where to look for those improvements yeah it's like no I think it's and, and a lot of true. them are invisible you know it's mm-hmm. you know you'll a lot of the people I knew back you know kind of in those days where I was coming in dead last you know they, they see me now and you know, it's like that old Joe Walsh line and life's been good. It's like, everybody's so different. I haven't changed. Mm -hmm. And it is people look at me differently now and they, I don't feel any different. I just put the time in, you know, and, and I, I realized that, you know, I put the time in, I saw, I saw, you know, an arc where I could be successful. So that first year I was second at nationals and, um, I ended up first overall. And then I went to Worlds that year. I was third after the short program. And then I won the world championship. And then I freaked out thinking that, oh, my goodness, now the pressure's on. It's like I'm the world champion, like, three years before the Olympics. It's either I've got to up my game to be worthy of this title or the sport is in its worst place in history. Mm. Right? And that's the mindset. So I drove myself insane. Oh, gosh. Insane. Because I... Figured that I just, I I hit at the peak that I'm at the, I'm the world champion in figure skating out of all these last place finishes. Now I'm up here. It's like, how do I maintain this? Yeah. Why did, why did you think that you weren't kind of
0: not necessarily not worthy of the number one spot, but why did you think that the game must've been in the worst or the the competition must have been in the worst place possible if you were the number one. Why did you think you thought
1: that? Because I knew where I'd been. Okay. You know, I knew it's like I I was the guy that was a habitual loser, the mm-hmm. guy that didn't know how to train, the guy that was unworthy of everything. You know, and so now I'm the world champion. I'm I'm at the peak of the sport, and it's like whoa, wait, that this doesn't this doesn't feel right. I I don't really feel like I'm I'm worthy of this, and I think a lot of people go through that when. Um, you know, you hear the stories of people that become like an actor that finally breaks through and becomes famous, and it's like the worst thing that ever happened to them because mm-hmm. now all the demons start coming out. Yeah, you know, so. or you know, somebody that wins a lottery. You know, they lived in a very humble, you know, and, and and they were happy, and then they win the lottery and they have you know millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and then their lives just unravel. It's like we're built more for challenge than we are for success. Mm. You know, I really believe that. Yeah. And so, you know, I had to work it out. And so my coach, he, he, he was brilliant. He kind of walked me through it very gently and very, you know, he was very empathetic. And he, if I felt like I can't train here today, it's just, it's, I, the, the, I don't feel right here. I need to go somewhere else. He'd say, okay, let's go somewhere else. He was really, um, he was very thoughtful in that way because I, I I felt like I didn't belong. I didn't want people watching me because now there's more eyes on me than ever. And I just wanted to go someplace in solitude. And so we found a rink that was abandoned and we'd skate there, you know? And then I got to the worlds the next year and I was still kind of a mess, but, um, I won worlds the next year again. And, um, I won an international competition actually in November that I was still a psycho mess. And I like, I was skating horribly in practice and this Russian kid was doing everything that I've never even seen a human <laughs> being do before. I thought he was like a lab rat or something. It's like, where did this guy come from? He, right. It's like, it's impossible what he's doing. And then he, he made a couple of mistakes at the end of his program. And then I went out to skate and it just went. It's quite like that shunk. You know, it's like where all the noise of the world just sort of went away. And I just went into this lane where I went into the first jump and it's like, What got you to that lane? I just surrendered. I just said, you know, I just got to take what the ice gives me. Mm. You know, and and so I ended up skating better than I skated like all year, won that, and then I won nationals, then I won worlds. And when I'm standing up in the world podium, I wasn't standing up there as this like, you know, this world champion. Well, look at this. I'm this and that or that, you know, this I I didn't give the image of the title you know, be this overwhelming thing anymore. By then, I'd gotten to the point of I'm just competing bit, you know, against these guys. Yeah, they're all just guys, mm-hmm. and I know these guys. I you know I know them forever, and I'm just beating guys. It's not like I'm this world champion. It's like you uh, know, mm-hmm. it's like it's a competition against. Once you kind of like dumb it down a little bit. No, but it wasn't. It was almost. It was making it real. Right. Okay. Like I was making it more. so much bigger. Yeah. But when it just came down to it, it's just guys, and it's like for anybody that wants to accomplish anything, for anybody that wants, it's like, it's guys. Yeah. Well, and I don't mean make it bigger than it is because it's it's huge winning the world championship,
0: but I think it's like like you said, just kind of make it real. It's real. And don't don't kind of think that anything is outside of your reach. Like we're all just people going after the same thing.
1: Right. And and once I realized that it's just a human pursuit instead of a superhuman pursuit mm-hmm. or wow. you know it, it then it became like oh all I have to do is stay ahead of these guys yeah for the <laughs> next two years and if i can stay ahead of these what's going to take figures yeah. figures mm-hmm. so by the time i got to the olympics i won the next year so i hadn't lost competition in two and a half years um so i was three-time world champion and then i go into the olympic year and it was just like man that the whole thing just sort of crushes you because you have Sports Illustrated showing up and just right. sort of camping out in the ring taking pictures of you every day. And it's like, uh, okay, it's different. And then you have all these media requests and all these different things, and it's just different. And then you go to you know a competition where it's just these guys. But every time I walked out of my room in the Olympic Village, I'd run into a reporter. Oh, what a coincidence! Yeah. yeah, they're stalking, and it it was just like you know, what does it feel to know that you haven't lost a competition in three years, and now you're at the Olympics, and if you lose, it's a failure. What does that feel like? Yeah. And it's like really, you're you're asking me that question, you're right? It's like come on, that's that, you're you're forcing me into the situation of looking at potential failure instead of looking at the opportunity. But the only reason I, I realized going into that Olympics that I I surveyed the field. The guys mm-hmm. and I realized that my biggest competitor was a guy that really was weak in compulsory figures. Okay, and I figured that the guys that were really strong in figures were really weak in freestyle, and the guys that were really good in freestyle were weak in figures. So I figured if I came in the way the sport was structured, then if I came in top two in figures and top three in everything else, I couldn't you lose. Win. Yeah, I couldn't lose. I couldn't. There's you like the it, math. You made it a game. It, the math of it didn't work. So I go out and I I win figures and which was like I beat this French guy who's by far the best figures guy like of our generation. It was like I my coach um, said let's stop in Paris on the way to Sarajevo and I go all right what's in Paris Jean Christophe Simon I go oh yeah. So the day we arrived, we we flew in all night, you know, that kind of thing. You arrive at 730 in the morning. He goes, go take a nap. We're going to train tonight. I go, "Okay." So I went back to the um, hotel. I slept, you know, for a few hours. And then I got up and grabbed a bite to eat. Went back. And uh, my coach had picked the patch, the strip of ice right next to Jean-Christophe Simone, the best figures guy in the world. And I'm doing my figures and I'm minding my own business and I kind of like glance over at his patch and I'm like, I can beat him. (laughs) It's like, I'm better than my, my figures are better than his. And I'm like, holy cow. And so I go out for the freestyle thing that night. The long program is four and a half minutes of just like, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm on jet lag, right? From Colorado to Paris now. And he, John Don looks at me after that thing, and I'm kind of like I, I'm floating because I realize my figures are pretty good. Yeah. I'm looking at him next to his. And he goes, long program run through. And I just look at him like, Are you crazy? And he goes, I want to see it. And I hadn't missed my long program in over a month. You know, so I go, see what happens, because I still felt a little jet lag. Right. I did a clean long program run through. And Jean Christophe looked at looked at me, and he was like, "Oh man, man!" And his coach was so happy I was there because it ignited a fire oh, in him to I'm start sure. competing again. But when I did um, my figures in, in Sarajevo, I put them as close to Jean Christophe's as I possibly could, okay, so that there'd be apples to apples. Yeah, and I I won the first figure. There's nine judges. I won five judges in my favor, four in his. Okay. The second figure, seven in my favor, favored two to his. Okay. And the last figure was a loop, right? Where you do these really small circles with loops okay. inside the circles. And mine was almost one line. Like it was that good. Yeah. And I looked back on it. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I couldn't have dreamed that that went right. up. And I won nine zero. Oh, wow. And it was right from then Damn. on, it was like, I can't lose. That's awesome. I just can't. But, you know, again, it's just all that comes out of a lot of time and a lot of, of focus and energy and... Mm-hmm planning and it just takes time and and that's where i worry about you know kind of current generation the current generation it's just and it's not their fault yeah none of it's their fault Mm -hmm. but it's their responsibility to work their way out of it
0: yeah and you know one thing that i think is another big thing with our generation is kind of the victim mentality and before we get a little bit into that i want you to kind of Go into. I've heard you say it a few times on a few different talks that what your dating profile would be if you had to write one now. So go ahead and just uh, race through that real quick. It would
1: be um, like if I were putting myself out there on a dating profile, it would be... (laughs) Short, bald, half-neutered, chemo radiated, surgically repaired, retired male figure skater of unknown ethnic origin <laughs> seeks a beautiful, intelligent woman for long walks, laughter, and an interest in my hobby for collecting life-threatening illnesses.
0: <laughs> That's just hysterical. And <laughs> and so the reason why I think or why I wanted you to say that is because I think that a victim mentality is something that is that kind of plagues a lot of us, and a lot of those things that basically everything that you say especially in the beginning is, would be looked at as like a negative thing, right? As something thing's that, a negative, right. As you could, you could see that to yourself and, and kind of get into that victim mode. You've had, and you've had a lot of things like that happen in your life. You were, you were born with a condition where you weren't able to grow. Um, you've had testicular cancer. You had brain tumors and you had your, your mother uh, pass away at 18. Like, how do you how do you stay away from that victim mentality and kind of use those
1: things to your advantage? Well, it's always there. You know, it's it, it, that's the thing. It's always there. What do you mean it's always you there? You know, it's like in, in Avengers where, you know, it's like they, they look at Bruce Banner, and they go, Time to get angry. And he goes, That's just a thing. Okay. I'm always angry. Mm. Right. So it's with It's like that that convicted me. It's like, How do you avoid a victim? And I, I live it like all, I'm, it's always there. It's always a part of. I'm the, still the kid that came in last. I'm still the guy that's too short. Um, you know, I, I, years ago when I was growing up, um, there was this guy who was on TV. His name was Art Linkletter, and he was he was one of the kids. You know, children, kids say the crazy craziest things. Bill Cosby did it later okay. on, but, but he was brilliant. And I ran into him on a shuttle bus um, at a car rental things. I don't even know where I was, and I introduced myself because I, yeah, I grew up watching Art yeah. Linkletter. And I, I said, like, what are you up to now? He goes, he's doing motivational speeches for elderly people and just to keep them, you know, in the game and all that stuff. And he goes, I introduced myself. He goes, I know who you are. You're that skater. And I go, oh, my goodness. You know, I, I was just like, <laughs> Flattered. I flushed, you know, because I was just so... He goes, you've been through so much. I mean, you've gone through a childhood illness. Am I right? And I go, yes, sir. And he goes, cancer? And I go, yes, sir. And he goes, and balding publicly. It's like, and I thought, about, and I was like... <laughs> he's, Balding publicly. I That's didn't know I didn't know that was a disability. Yeah. But okay, I'll roll with it. You right. know? but it's just like it's always there. It's always kind of like you know, you live with your failures, you live with your shortcomings, you live with your, you know, and and it's all just sort of that, you know, and, and again, I'm a person of faith. It's the enemy just whispering in your mm-hmm. ear, just telling you, you're not worthy. Yeah. You're not good enough. You're not you're not what people are looking for. You're not. Um, you're not good-looking enough. You're not um, smart enough. You're not this enough, and it's always in there. It's always whispering in your ear. So it's and so, about taking your
0: focus off of
1: that. Well, you you, you tend to believe it, and right. then you just sort of, again, you just do what you can do, and that's putting in the time. You just put in the time. You just show up. You just do. You you show up with that intention of I have dreams goals and aspirations and be bold enough and daring enough to actually say them out loud or write them down and say this is who i want to be and work toward it you know those those things are always going to be in there they're always going to be in there right you know it's like sitting here talking to you it's like you're a young guy you know you get the whole thing going and i'm like you know i'm six years old what do i you know who's going to listen to me? Who's you know, it's like, well, you're just an old guy. You know, just talk about stuff, but it's, it's like I've lived it. And I, I know that there's certain things in the world that do change. And there's certain things in the world that don't. Okay. And the one thing that doesn't change is there's a place for all of us out there that is ours and ours only. We have to create it mm. from what we have, what our, our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, um, capabilities. We just have to like work it out, yeah. and and it's like, well, what have, what do I want to do? What brings me joy? What what am I naturally good at? Mm-hmm. You know, what what comes easy to me? And all those this that all those things can ultimately reveal your purpose and reveal your place in the world. It just takes some time to kind of test gotcha. things out, you gotcha. know, gotcha. and and so it, it it you know I I, I can. Fortunately, I can speak from experience. But, you know, the thing is, is it never really goes away because, you know, the things that I want to do are bold. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a part of um, the, you know, I want to do my part in finding a cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. Yeah. it's every, Well, who am I to do that? I don't know. I just lost my mom to cancer. I have survived cancer. I have a platform that I've built over a long period of time that I can leverage to bring people into the world that I'm creating. I guess, you know, um, all, all I can do, the worst thing that can happen is I, I fail. Mm -hmm.
0: So I want to, I want to talk to the, your mom's passing back when you were 18. Um, I think I'll I mean obviously a lot of people go through that horrific experience um, and I have a personal friend who had a mom pass a couple of years ago back when he was uh, 21 22 or whatever and you've you've kind of flipped it on its head to be obviously it's one of the greatest challenges that you face but you've you know turned it into a positive to the extent where you're you know doing all this stuff for cancer research and stuff so I want you to I want you to talk to somebody who is 18 or a, a young kid who has lost their mom to, I mean, it could be cancer, it could be whatever, but I want you to talk to them about kind of what their next move is and how to, you know, grow greater because of it.
1: Well, I, I, I think it's, um, channel your, your love, channel your, um, relationship, you know, channel all of that for good. You know, I, I, I had a friend back in, in high school who, um, you know, he lost uh, his mother, um, and he he went the other way. He hurt himself. You know, right. he was drinking a lot, and he was doing a lot. Of, you know, it's just like, okay, that, that's one way to go. You know, but where does that take you? And for for my mom, all she ever wanted was for me to be successful in skating. So the least I could do is honor her in that. And And it's just like what... If you, if, if you lose a parent early in life or in any time, really, it's like, what would they want for you? You know, what would they want for you? And, and, you know, some parents are better than others, you know, but what, how do you, how do you honor this life? Like I was adopted, but even for birth children, it's like, you've been given this life. This is yours to own and operate how are you going to honor those people that brought you into the world? How are you going to honor those people that sacrificed for you? How are you going to honor those people that, um, are, you know, have been there for you and my goodness, you know, the only thing to do is, is to show up and do the work and, and to, to try to create a life that honors that commitment, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, it comes in, in every shape and size mm-hmm. and that loss, um, Comes in so many different identities. Yeah, you know, so it's just
0: channeling the energy and the in kind of the best way that you know how and the best way that you're, you know, given or you know everybody has their different uniqueness. You, the,
1: the thing is, you know, and again, the, the trap is, and I almost hear it in our conversation is, you're living for them. It's not it at all. No. It's um, you're honoring them by living your life authentically, genuinely, with passion and interest and focus and. Mm and towards success. Yeah.
0: I think this is really important for people to realize, because like we kind of mentioned on earlier, no two people are identical or alike, but we all have our own uniqueness, our own purpose, our own talents and things like that. And we got to realize we got to use those and not kind of compare it to what other people are doing and use that in the best way, find the energy that we have because of our loss to, to fuel those things. Yeah.
1: And, you know, a lot of those things, you know, and again, I'll go back to failure. I'll go back you know, criticism, I'll go back to all those negative things that all of us absolutely despise. Nobody likes to be criticized and nobody likes, you know, because um, it, it's it's unpleasant and failure is unpleasant. So um, what I've tried to do and finish first is to kind of um, repurpose failure and repurpose criticism. So failure, if you can find a way to look at it this way, is truly, honestly and it's, it's not disfiguring or scarring or horrific or anything else. I failed on the biggest stages possible. The whole idea of, of failure is its feedback, its information. If you can look at failure as purely information, now you have an ability to grow, an ability to learn, an ability to rise above it. Mm-hmm. If you look at failure as something that is like, well, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. I'm never going to put myself in a position to fail again. Now you're it, it's debilitated you, you know you're it's handicapped right. you in a way so I, I look at failures information I, I use the example of my my youngest son when he started playing hockey they you know he was young he never played hockey before and they got destroyed I mean he just absolutely got skated past mm-hmm. and um, they took puck away from him every time he had it and he just I mean, it was just a he got there, he was crying in the car because they just lost two games in a row um, and it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, I hate this. I hate losing. I hate this so much. And I just said, Max, let's just break it down. I go, what happened today? Why did you lose? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, well, what, what could you have done better today? And he goes, well, I need to escape faster. And I go, good. I go, that's good, buddy. We can work on that. And I go, what else? And he goes, I I need to work on my stick handling. They took the puck away from me all the time. I go, wow. Okay, we can do that too. We can. And I go, what else? And he goes, and I just want to get that shot right up in the corner of the net. So I, he started dreaming a little bit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, and to where the goalie has no chance of getting it. I just, that's what I want to do. And I go, that's awesome, buddy. I go, that's a great exercise. That's phenomenal. Okay, here's my other question. He goes, uh-huh. I go, what would you have learned today if you won? And he just sort of looked at me, and he goes, "Is that a trick question?" Yeah, <laughs> no. probably that I'm good enough. No, but that's you don't learn anything. Yeah, well, good.
0: that's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying because it, it almost can not it can like not make you it can take your motivation down. Yeah, if you if you just
1: well, it it definitely confirms that you're you're everything you need to be right now. Yeah, so far. And I I just think failure is way more important than that. I mm-hmm. think it's it's a really a great way of just um, but it takes that breakdown.
0: You can't just kind of lose and be like, okay, I lost. Awesome. Like now I've, now I'm going to learn something from it. You actually have to take the time to kind of like analyze it. Yeah.
1: But I mean, that's what a smart person well, would do. Right, 100%, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Right. And then the other part is failure. It's like failure is something that comes at you. It's like coming at you from, and now with social media, especially it's like, who hasn't been hated on by social media? Right. And I, you know, and I, and I, I just look at, it and I go, okay, here's, here's the deal with failure, with, with criticism. Criticism comes in two forms. One is opinion. And the other is fact. Mm-hmm. Okay, whether it's true or false. So if it's opinion, who are they to offer their opinions, yeah. right? Okay, but if it's purely just their opinion, then you could just delete it immediately because who cares? Why, why Why would I listen to that person? Why would I allow that person to bring me down? And then the other part of it is well, well is what I just heard, is it actual fact? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if it's fact, Now we've got something to work with. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. No, it's like, okay, thank you. That was a gift. Mm -hmm. Your criticism now exposes something in me that I need to work on. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But it's not one of these things where you get criticized and it's like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. I can't can't put myself out there. It's like, no, you break it down. Yeah. Or you can't let it like you get at you personally.
0: Like you have to, you can't let somebody else's criticism be like oh like i'm just mad at that person they yeah. shouldn't criticize now you're me. debilitated right, yeah. right 100%. yeah
1: yeah it's like I, I so i i you know I, I look at it in a lot of ways like i had a, a judge years ago when i first started showing signs of life you know that i was not <laughs> going to be this habitual loser and she said you know it's really nice that it, scott is doing better however i just think you you should really accept the fact that he's too short to be competitive internationally mm. and i thought about it for a minute and i was like what in the world? Like, I'm too short to be competitive internationally. And a lot of the skaters at that time were much taller than I was, but I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. And years later, I realized, you know, I just worked past it. You know, I always wore one solid color so I'd never be broken at the waist to make me look smaller. (laughs) But, you know, I just, and I extended more to make, you know, give that illusion of, you know, length and size. And I did all that to create an illusion of size. But then years later, I thought about it and I was like, Okay, who won the Olympic gold medal for the United States before I did? David Jenkins. How tall is he? My height. Oh, my gosh. How could you say that? Then Just the opinion is just so far-fetched. That but I mean, you can't even look at it. But that. when you're looking at a person of authority, of course you're going to take well, yeah. that as, and you're going to address it, right? But at the same time, it's like, no, you can't. You, you just can't do that because so many people are going to come after you are going to try to bring you down or they're going to just try to diminish you a little bit so they feel stronger. Yeah. Right. So it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the person that's coming after you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you just look at it. And if it's on social media, okay, you can, you can delete it or you can block them. Yeah. <laughs> because if it's that irresponsible and if it's that mean spirited and if it's that hateful, especially if it's somebody you've never met, you mm-hmm. Block them. Yeah. You know, they, they don't need to be in your world. No doubt. But, you know, here we go back to that whole where we are with um, social media and instant gratification and screens and all that stuff. It's like, you know, honestly, if, if you really want to do something wonderful in your life, you're always hungry to learn. You're always, um, you know, you're always making the time to be successful. Instead of being pulled off your path constantly, mm-hmm. that's awesome. It's like the you know the, the drummer. You know, when I was writing "Finish First, um, the writer that was helping me put it together, she was talking about her friend who wants to be a drummer in Nashville, the most competitive music market in the world. And what he does is he works a normal job nine to five, and then from six to ten,
0: puts himself in a uh, storage space,
1: storage space with his drums, yeah, and he practices four hours a day, just. Every day, that's five awesome. days a week. And then on the weekend, he rests and he does his thing with his mm-hmm. friends. But that's commitment. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're ever going to do anything unless you're absolutely massively gifted yeah. is, I mean, even um, Amadeus had to put the time in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. Like, oh,
1: 100%. Yeah. So no matter who you are, you've got to put the time in and you've got to, you know, work through some things and you've got to be willing to fail and you've got to learn from those failures and you've got to be willing to um, process criticism Mm -hmm. positively or effectively and then it's just comes down to committing to the long haul and being really okay with whatever the next thing that presents itself it's like i'm gonna be a doctor that's my i'm gonna be a doctor and i'm that's my plan and I'm going to be doing things. And then you get into school and you realize that I may not really like this doctor thing, <laughs> but man, I can take in information like nobody's business. Huh? Well, how can I channel that? You know, right? 100%. I can be a lawyer. I can go into business. I could be an entrepreneur. I can, there's a million things you can be, mm-hmm. but just because your whole plan has always been, I'm going to do this. And then you get in there and you go, well, Something else just came up that I may be more suited for. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's not changing horses midstream as much as it's just sort of taking one thing to its end and then beginning another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, kind of flexible yeah. to a certain extent. But I mean, the whole idea of, you know, again, getting back to finish first and winning is it's just about being better than you've ever been. It's just about understanding that wins come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. At Olympics in 1980, I thought if I came in eighth, I'd prove myself. That's right. I knew that eighth was a really good place for me to end up looking at the rest of the competition. And I came in fifth. So for me, that was beyond finishing first. Yeah. That was three places higher than first. And in that, it was a victory. Mm-hmm. And that victory changed the course of the next opportunity mm-hmm. and the next. So winning does change everything, but it, winning is showing up. Winning is showing up with intention. Winning is committing to the long haul. Winning is built on a lot of victories, small victories. And and that's it. It's it's being present, being repetitious, being on time, being resp- you know, being true to yourself mm-hmm. and being true to your calling. Yeah. Nothing replaces that. Yeah.
0: I love this stuff. And I could we could go on and on about it, but I want to make sure I get you out of here not too terribly long. So I got before I ask the last question, I do want to uh, talk about your upcoming event. It's on November Sunday, November eighteenth at five o'clock. Um, Scott Hamilton and friends. You got Christy Yamaguchi and Cheryl Crow is your co-hosts, right? Um, they got Florida George Line, Brothers Osborne, Steve Cropper, and a whole host of more uh, musicians and everything. And uh, the world's best Olympic, world and national champions are going to skate on the ice uh, to the music. I guess correct? Yeah. Um, so yeah, super um, great event. So go ahead and kind of give your quick pitch about the event and and everything like that. I know it's a great cause, obviously. Well,
1: most people, especially in this area, have only seen skating on television, mm-hmm. and it's not—it's nice. good, it's great, it's exciting, and it's wonderful. But to see it live, a whole different experience. At that level, holy cow! At that level, to see it live is is spectacular. And then when you have um, their performances, um, you know, to live music, then there's that sensory thing of you can feel the music and and you see it being performed by, you know, songs that you've known forever being performed by the artists that that created them and then you see the skaters in front of them that are all olympic and world champions um just skating their hearts out Mm -hmm. and it truly is an experience like no other and it's really family friendly and it's 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 good for everyone that wants to come but ultimately it's for a great cause we're trying to raise money and awareness for the cares foundation that funds um you know, the, the China treatment options, you know, it, it's funding research towards treatment options at spare. People going through cancer harm. Mm. It's it's about immunotherapy, training our immune systems how to fight the cancer itself, and targeted therapies that really just go after the cancer and leave the body alone. Yeah. It's anything that treats the cancer and spares the patient harm. And so we're just um, we're aligning with other great organizations, and we're all trying to lift. You know, all ships rise with the tide. Yeah. We're trying to create a tide. And so the um, you know, money, you know, the proceeds from that event go towards. Um, my cares foundation that funds uh research that treats the cancer and spares yeah. the body that's
0: awesome that's great and i think i because me I, I haven't really seen skating live either i think that'd be the super cool event. it's insane um, yeah oh I bet. No,
1: it's like i'm a i used to do it now yeah. I'm a, now i'm a fan
0: <laughs> yeah no, you could see i could hear the energy just come oh, from you man, like it's insane it's
1: awesome yeah. and then you know to put it live music on top of it it's like a whole different it doesn't get any better than that yeah
0: that's awesome. before I last ask the last question, I want to acknowledge you because I think that, I think a lot of people get set down. In there And the negative things that happen to them. I think that a lot of people have the biggest challenges in their life, keep them down for an extended period of time. But you've kind of shown time and time again that you use these greatest challenges and and make them your greatest opportunities and make them your greatest superpowers in life. And I think that's something that's so powerful and that just everybody kind of needs to could learn from and apply it to whatever challenges that they're going through.
1: And, you know, know, there's a song that um, Garth Brooks uh, sang years ago called Unanswered Prayers. And a lot of people feel like if they go after something and they fail and it doesn't work out the way they thought it would, that, 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 that it's over. It's done. Well, maybe that was the best thing that could happen. Because maybe that's not what you were supposed to be doing in yeah. the first place. Yeah. No, I <laughs> think know? that's a
0: great way to look so, at it. You, you, know, you have so, to always look for the positive. You know,
1: and and in that song, it just, he goes, I just, yeah, I thank God for my, my unanswered prayers. If I would have married that girl instead of the girl that I did marry, if I would have gone into that job instead of the job that I ended up with, if I would have uh, done well in that event instead of, you know, coming, mm-hmm. how would my life look different? And it's like, It's collecting those experiences and learning from them and growing beyond them than it is to allow them to smother you and defeat you. So if, you know, if you've got this plan on being this big blogger, you know, and it's like, (laughs) yeah, you you know, and and whatever, if your audience, you know, kind of tops out and starts, it's like, okay, right. uh, What can I do with all those experiences and take it to the next level yeah, and you know it's it may be journalism it may be uh sports television it may be a million different things you don't know but right now you're building this platform mm-hmm. and you're working really hard doing it and only good can come from that yeah that's
0: awesome Pretty well i appreciate that so the last question i always ask everybody is kind of as we talked a little bit before the interview my passion has become the best version of myself and i think that it's a constant journey. I don't know if we're ever at that point. I think if you think you're at that point, then you're in a bad spot. Well, it's a moving target, right? Exactly, <laughs> and um, you know, I, you always want to be better uh, today than you were yesterday, and everything like that. But as we kind of talked about earlier, everybody is different, and that journey looks a little bit different for everybody else. So, what I want to ask you is for you personally, if you could work on three things or do three things to become the best version of yourself or work on towards becoming the best version of yourself? What are those three things that you could do or three things that you could work on?
1: Um, I, you know, one thing that I really struggle with is, uh, you know, just carving out, enough time now because I, I have so many different responsibilities to be successful in every single one of them at the highest level so i've got the cares foundation which is run by Carrie morgan who does a spectacular job i've got a phenomenal small staff we don't we're not expensive to run we gotta raise a lot of money, but yeah. you know, to make sure that we're doing the work we do. But you know, it's it's being meticulously and phenomenally run. I'd love to be able to spend more time day to day doing that, you know. But I've got my role in all of that, and I stay in my line. Um, same with the skating academy. I'd love to be there every day. I'd love to, you know, for me it's all about time management and being uh, a little bit more um is it being able to delegate or... No, the delegation has gone really well. It's just, I feel like I'm missing something because I've got these responsibilities. I've delegated the main responsibilities effectively in order to make them happen where I can do my role. I just don't feel like I'm get, I'm able to enjoy that mm. as much as I'd really love to because, um, you know, again, it's just time. And I've got four kids who desperately need my attention and my family, my wife needs my, my, my leadership and everything else. It's just there's only so much time in a day and I really wish that I could um, if I could change one thing it would be to be able to be um, you know, four people Yeah. <laughs> you know um, or at least you know, be able to be more patient with accepting um, that this is my role and I don't need to wish for anything more and I'm just going to keep working on um, playing my role and being the best I can be for my kids while they're home and before they launch and um to be a good husband you know so life is different now it's not about me anymore it's pretty much about everybody else mm-hmm. well that's awesome well those are great things i appreciate you coming in scott my pleasure
0: there you have it i hope you enjoyed this episode now it's time to act leave a like and a comment on youtube subscribe to that page if you're on itunes leave it a five-star review Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. I'd highly recommend checking out Scott's upcoming event on Sunday, November 18th at 5 p.m. It'll be such a great event for such a great cause. I also would urge you to check out Scott's latest book, Finish First, which talks about how to become your best self. It's available in all bookstores and on Amazon. Just remember, be patient. Success takes time. It takes commitment. That's the only way it'll last and that it'll be worth it. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.